0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to How to College, our podcast where we get together over some coffee and have some real conversations about what it's like to be a first-generation college student and what that means before, during, and after college. If you're a new listener, our goal here is to democratize knowledge that we've gained along the way, learn a bit more about what it means to be a first-gen, and hopefully help others going through some of the challenges we experienced before. My name is Joseph, I'm one of the podcast hosts, and I'm the first in my family to go to college. On today's show, we'll be discussing the topic of having a job while in school. The reality is that for many first-generation students, having a job is more like a necessity as many families depend on the extra income. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the advantages and disadvantages of holding a job through your educational career with our awesome guest, Jessica Tran. Jessica's currently an undergrad and she's super modest, but she's got a great story that I think will speak to many of our listeners who don't give themselves the credit that they deserve. She's handling a work-study job on top of a few other things. So let's see how she got there and what her advice is. There are a lot of great pieces here that you're going to want to listen for. With that being said, let's get started. Hi Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. We're really happy to have you on the podcast today. Why don't you go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself?
1: Hi, my name is Jessica. I am currently a student at University of Houston. I'm a senior majoring in biology, and a minor in business foundations, and I'm currently on the pre-med route. I grew up in a family with just pretty much my mom and my older sister, so I'm in the first generation of college students, but I wasn't the first to graduate. My older sister was the first to graduate, so I guess in that sense, I have some type of mentorship, but because she pursued something very different from me being like opposite fields where she was into the business side while I was in the more medicine and science side of things. So it's pretty much opposite side of spectrum. And growing up, I set myself to higher standards with my grades and everything just because I was trying to not only prove to my mom that I can become successful, but also prove to myself that I can as a first generation student. So in... High school, I went to Alief Kerr High School, and that was more of a college preparatory school. And it was kind of different just because me and my sister went to different high schools. So I didn't know anybody there. I moved districts. And so I had to basically start from scratch, and I didn't know what I was doing, especially when applying to college. I received help from my sister, but she was more like, you need to learn this yourself type of thing because she had to learn herself. So she was like, you got to learn yourself, too. So she kind of put me out there where I had to learn these things for myself. But I wish I had like someone to help me step by step in a way.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Like you want to get advice from people who have gone through your path before. And you also have a different path than your sister too. Yeah. You said earlier that you have this high bar for yourself. What was that like for being in your family? And what was the bar like for your family
1: for you? So as an Asian American, I feel like they always want you to have specific fields, whether you want to go to like doctor, lawyer, anything that's very stable in terms of jobs in the future. And that Since I was little, I've been getting good grades, so I already set the bar for myself. And being so opposite from my sister, I don't want to call her out or anything, but like she, she didn't have as high of grades, so she didn't have that high of expectation at first. While for me, I set myself having higher grades, and so growing up, I kind of had—I wouldn't want to say burden but I, I want my mom to be proud of me. I like, do not want to disappoint her because I already set the standard for her.
0: So you set the standard for her, for your mother's expectations for you?
1: Yeah, because she also had that for me. I felt like I can't go below that as well. So there is kind of a standard for me as well.
0: So earlier you said you did have an interest in medicine and science. Did part of that gets shaped by your family's expectations
1: in the beginning yes actually in high school I actually questioned myself on whether I wanted to continue pursuing this route even though it's like very early you know high school like you don't have to worry about all that yet but because it was such a very competitive high school in terms of rank and everything I was kind of questioning myself like should I continue doing this and then I had a moment where my grandma ended up in the hospital and that event allowed me to see oh this is my motivation for continuing doing it and I want allow her to see me finish this. And I actually grew passion in college when I started gaining experience in the world of medicine by shadowing physicians as well as internships and everything like that.
0: That's interesting. I feel like the more doctors that I talk to, the more I see that that's actually a common theme. So now medicine and science is actually not just something that's more expected. It's actually something that you want. Do you know what path you want to go down with that then?
1: Actually, I was in the process of applying to medical school. But then after thinking it a while and thinking about my mental health is kind of like taboo. But then I actually learned in order to take care of others, I must take care of myself. I halted my application process and decided to take a gap year instead just to better myself and to improve on whatever I need for my application. So that's why when I brought it up to my mom, actually, she freaked out. But this is actually better for me in the long run.
0: That actually hits on a lot of different things that relate to the first gen experience and it intermingles with your experience as an Asian American. So that definitely makes sense. And I'm really glad that you were thinking about these things. What was that process like as you're basically trying to tell your family, hey, I don't exactly want to go immediately down this career path right after college?
1: I was already thinking about it my junior year, sophomore year. I was like, what if I took a gap year? My mom was like, no, you cannot do it. Like, why are you wasting your time? And so then I continued to. Follow the traditional path. And then my study habits began to decrease. And I started beginning to get anxiety. Like, I cannot do this personally. Like, feel feel the weight on me. So I explained to her. And it took her... A couple days to like let it sink in. And then she understood and she actually could see like there was a problem like mentally. And she advised me is like, you should go see someone. And then I went to the doctor to go see a therapist. Uh, But now she's fully on board saying I could take my time before medical school because she knows how important it should be to take care of myself first before moving on to the next step.
0: Now, I guess you're still studying for the MCAT and taking that again, right? Yeah. So you're doing some of the work to apply to med school now. It's just that you're spreading that out over an additional year to be able to lessen the workload and also be able to hopefully get some real world experience to help guide what kind of doctor you want to be. But COVID is also one of those variables that just came up out of nowhere. How is that influencing things?
1: I was looking for a clinical assistant job or a research assistant, but right now, since COVID's happening, they're not really planning much ahead. They're kind of more going with the flow because they don't know what's happening anytime in the future, especially since I would have to wait till I graduate and then start next summer, and they don't know what's happening currently with like COVID for the summertime. So that's why it's kind of hard, but I'm being patient with it and hopeful that something will come up and help me.
0: So in terms of what you're thinking about for that gap year, what are the factors that you're taking into consideration? I know that there's COVID that is complicating things, but are you thinking about how much money that you'll need to make at a certain job that that will be like the minimum amount that you'll need to make? Or are you not as concerned about that? Because I, I think that for first gens, sometimes we can worry about money a little bit more. And that might be one of the factors that end up being a little bit major whenever we're making these decisions.
1: For me, of course, money is important, but I feel like the experience is more important for me. So I'm looking for opportunities to help me not only improve my outlook on medicine, but that's something that I would actually enjoy. So money is important, but I think that finding experience that makes me happy and makes me enjoy being there and having something to say about it is the most important when I'm looking at the opportunities.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Are you thinking about potentially, would you take something that is unpaid or are you making sure that it is at least paid?
1: I potentially would take something unpaid just because I told my mom about it. And she said that, honestly, you're just going to take out loans in the future anyways. And so might as well just do something that will help you in the long run. So if it's an unpaid position, I like, for example, a really great clinic or a medical school where they're doing a great research assistant job and it's unpaid, I would take that because it's a great opportunity. And it's not always available, I would say.
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. You have to prioritize the opportunity. And I think it's really great that you can do that right now. Are you thinking about potentially any college debt that you might have right after this as you like take these different things into consideration?
1: So I was very fortunate that my whole college tuition and everything was taken care of f- through financial aid and scholarship. So I didn't really have to worry about college debt. So right now I'm just worried more for medical school and loans and everything. But when that time comes, I'll plan for that.
0: That's amazing. Congrats, by the way. I think that's really hard to do. But I'm really glad that you're able to graduate debt-free and thus think about some of these potential opportunities that you might be able to get some really great experience, but that might be unpaid. You're currently working during college, right?
1: Yes, I am.
0: So right now you're basically doing school full-time and you're studying for the MCAT and you're thinking about med school applications. And on top of that, you're doing a part-time job with work-study?
1: Yes. So about that, that's one thing about being a pre med student or any like pre health student. They said there's no check boxes, but there kind of is because like there are certain things that you should do in order to make you a well-rounded applicant right so like you said school right now I'm doing work study in a research lab so that takes care of my research and then also on top of that volunteering and then I was lucky enough to get a work study position a paid position in a research lab and a paid position in a clinic so those things kind of helped me financially and with my application as well
0: That's really awesome. For lack of a better word, there's a lot of synergy in that. You're hitting two birds with one stone with your work study. So you're able to get your work study, earn some money, and also have a job, right? That's important for uh, different applications and just making sure that people know that you can manage your time and you can be responsible and that you've learned certain skills ideally within those jobs. And then you're also getting those specific skills that look appealing for medical school in relation to the general medical field and the research areas as well.
1: Yeah. Job that I, it was through my grandma's cardiologist. So I actually asked him if I could shadow him at first just for free. And then he ended up making up this thing. He's like, I have to pay you in order for you to shadow me. I was like, okay, I guess. And then He ended up paying me, but...
0: If you really have to pay me.
1: Yeah, if you have to pay me, and okay. And so it's actually a unique experience where I was able to get hands-on experience with the patient with like taking vitals or whatnot, basically being a clinical assistant while getting paid. But it's like a once a week type of thing where I only go in Monday mornings. Right now that job is on hold because of COVID and he wants minimal people in his clinic just so that it would reduce the risk of COVID. So
0: I love that. So also you hit on this, but you didn't really emphasize it as much as I think it should be. Like you literally got this position that was one on top of your work study, right? You had that work study research lab, which I do also want to circle back to, but you have this other position that's on top of that. And you got this position by literally talking to your grandma's cardiologist and just saying, Hey, can I shadow you?
1: Yeah, I think that's very important for especially for first generations to know opportunities don't just come at you, you will have to seek out the opportunities yourself most of the time, right? So by me just talking to the cardiologist, and I was interested in it because you know, he helped out my grandma in his her situation. So I was interested in learning more about the field. But for for me being lucky enough for him to pay me to help him, that's just icing on top of the cake.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think that it, it just sounds like it kind of fell into place. And I think that especially if, somebody kind of sees this from the outside, they might not see all of that. They kind of just might see that like, oh, you got really lucky, but also you created your own luck.
1: Yeah, I I actually talked to him while I was in a doctor's appointment with my grandma.
0: So you're, you're working hard as a student, you're already have a work study, and you're taking your grandma to the cardiologist. And on top of that, you're also being curious and talking with your grandma's cardiologist about his job. And then also just saying like, hey, can I learn some different things from you? What is, how did you end up finding that research position that you were talking about with your work study?
1: So originally how I didn't, I signed up for work study freshman year, but I ended up using it. So I never reapplied for it. But then I was looking for research opportunities through my professors. So I actually asked my genetics professor because I was interested in his lectures and what he had to say. So I asked him, it's like, is there an opportunity for me to work with you in your research lab? And he was like, yeah, just that's cool. And he's like, but I don't have any money to pay you because usually your research PIs have funds and therefore pay the researchers assistants or whoever works in their lab. But in this case, he was like, but there's this other thing where you can sign up for work-study and you could work under me and I'll be your employer. So he actually helped me through submitting everything through financial aid and actually reapplied this year for financial aid through when I was doing the financial aid, I submitted like the work-study option that I would like to use. And so by me reaching out to my professor, I was able to get a work-study position.
0: You mentioned that you had the option freshman year, but you didn't actually take the option i guess why didn't you take the option freshman year
1: i was a commuter and I carpooled with my friend. So I felt like I didn't want him to wait on me or anything while I was working. And I didn't know about any flexibility and hours in terms of work study. I didn't even know what types of jobs other than like the college bookstore or restaurants and stuff on campus that allowed you to get paid through work study. So it wasn't until I reached out my junior year with the, my professor that he gave me like the option of, oh, you can actually do research through work study, which was great. Like I didn't know about that going into college. So that was actually... Actually, that's the both worlds in that case.
0: I think I had the option for work-study, but I was actually worried about taking it because I was worried that I wouldn't have a job that was flexible enough to meet my needs. And I wasn't even a commuter. I lived on campus. And I was also worried that I wouldn't be able to handle the academics and work-study at the same time. And then on top of that, I thought that if I was spending more time on work-study, then I wasn't able to explore something else. And I think that research would have been one of those things, oddly enough, that I would have liked to have explored, but you're getting to hit all those things with one.
1: Yeah, so through my research lab, it's super flexible where I input my own hours of when I come in. So whenever I come in, I would just clock in and do my whatever I need in research lab and clock out. And now that everything is done remotely, he's actually giving me the opportunity to do remote things instead of go, having to go on campus. And I would just clock my hours in then. So I pretty much that work study experience works around my academic schedule. Um, I'm not, I can't say the same for like other work studies because I haven't experienced it myself, but from what I heard from my friends and everything, it is pretty flexible in terms of they understand that you're a student and academics do come first.
0: That's really awesome. That's even more of a reason for you to be doing this research opportunity because it looks good on the med school. It it is potentially an opportunity that you might be interested in that you can pursue. And it's also really flexible, probably potentially more flexible than other work study opportunities or just other job opportunities.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Oh, I was gonna just point out like at UH, um, I didn't know about this and how like the job search engine for work study was. So they give you the uh, amount that you get for the semester or the year, which is around, I think, maximum of 2.2k per semester. But after you receive that money on your financial aid system can go on this uh UH Access and go under Cougar Pathway. And you can actually, they give you so many job opportunities that I did not even know about. So if I knew about it during my freshman year, I could have went through it and actually see what fits best with my schedule. So I wish I knew that going into college.
0: Okay, that's really good to know. And thank you so much for letting our listeners know that.
1: You get the award on your account, but you actually still have to apply for a certain work study that you're interested in. So they give you like a deadline of when you should finalize your work study. And then you can go on this system called Cougar Pathway and you can look for jobs that you're interested in that help fulfill the 2.2. Of course, like there's certain jobs that you get paid hourly and that's therefore that's why they said the 2.2 is max the amount you can get.
0: You had this opportunity because you worked with your professor to say, I want to do research with you. And they said, hey, we, we might not be able to pay you. But actually, we can potentially do this through the work study program and get funding that way. So you had to not only take the initiative to go talk to this professor, and I imagine you had to put or you might have potentially you research what their research is like beforehand, right?
1: Yeah, so I kind of read on what he the kind of the realm by the way I approached him is more like I was interested in helping you because I was very interested in your lecture, which I was like, I was very intrigued with genetics and everything. And I found out what he reached researched on and I wanted to get more involved in there. And I actually had a friend. That works with his it's kind of weird because his wife and him are in the same research lab and they're both like professors at university of houston so my friend works with his wife and then he said that there was an open spot for that professor which i was already going to reach out for but he actually told me that there was a job opening and so i asked him not thinking that he would even offer me any money at all i was willing to do it for free but he it was a good thing that he did offer me work study because it did help me in the long run
0: Wow. So on top of you actually, one, doing the research to figure out what their research was in and approaching them to talk about this opportunity. And then again, working past another barrier to say that you can find funding whenever it's not available through the work study program. But before this, you had to have talked with your friend who was also working in the lab and let them know that, hey, you were looking for potential work study opportunities, right? Or potential research opportunities. Yes. What was that like?
1: me and him are really close. He's also a pre-med student. So we talk back and forth of what opportunities come up for each of us. And he's actually a year older than me, so he already graduated. We kind of go back and forth with what we are doing and to help us keep each other in check in a way. So by him helping me with the research opportunity, I also helped him with other things that I've come across. And then there's another thing that we both participated in, which is there's this tutoring slash facilitating workshop thing that UH has. And then we're both in it actually another paid position through scholarship though scholarship grants
0: Uh, so i guess you you found that or or he found that and then told you
1: we were both in it together at first and that's how we met each other and became friends but we it was starting my freshman year going into my freshman year there was this program called summer bridge but now it's called i think Summer Scholar Academy at UH. And it's like a STEM program where students in the field of STEM can apply to. And it helps bridge the gap between high school and college and gives you a kind of introduction to what the intro STEM courses are like. And so through that, I was able to continue on through the program by helping other students like myself. And it was a paid position by teaching and mentoring these students in those intro courses.
0: Did you have to seek out that program?
1: Yes, yeah, so it's on the UH website. So I was just looking through like different scholarships and programs that UH have. Just because I started out applying to college pretty late, I didn't didn't know about different a lot of opportunities in terms of scholarships or whatnot. So I did those research, and then I fell upon this program. And then I, when I applied to it, it was actually like you wouldn't believe it. Like you're getting free college education in the summer, and, and on top of that, you're getting paid to go to that program as a student, learning that whole program. It opened up more opportunities. For for me because I didn't know the, that they hold workshops for students, like actual classes where there's peer facilitators helping students that's taking a certain course. So for example, right now I'm facilitating a chemistry two, a general chemistry two workshop, where you basically help them with the material that they're learning in lecture. And that's also a paid position through the program. And because I started in that program going into my freshman year, I was it helped me know about the facilitating position.
0: Wow. That's really awesome. And it all really happened because you took the initiative to go on the website right and for me i think that that was an interesting thing that i was kind of intimidated by and it was kind of hard to navigate right like how to find those scholarships how to find different programs and things and navigating college websites that sometimes might not be the most intuitive or might not be the best built, and just kind of working through that and working past that and just seeing whatever you're gonna find right digging for gold i don't know are you comfortable talking about like the amount that you would make within the different programs and what you would use the money for?
1: Yeah, I could talk about that. So the freshman program that I was in paid me 3K for like three month long program. And I used that first to fund my, since it was a stipend slash scholarship, I funded that through my tuition because I didn't get a lot of other scholarships because I then again, I did start late. That's something I wish I started earlier with as a high school student. And after that, that program gave me scholarships every semester for continuing participating. So it ranges from either 1K to 2K, depending on what you participate participate in. So as a peer facilitator or as a mentor, you would get one K, right? But as a peer facilitator, you get 2K because you're actually teaching a workshop. So most of that money goes to my tuition, but then I would get a refund back because I, my tuition also is covered by financial aid. So with that refund money, I would pay for books, access codes, and then gas because I'm a commuter, and food because I don't want to ask my parents or my mom for money in that case. And then for my research job, I get, of course, the 15 an hour up to 2.2K. K a semester then for my clinical job i get 100 a month but i only work on monday mornings for like two two hours i would actually occasionally with my refund money i would give it back to my mom just to help her out in that sense but most of it i just keep in my bank account whenever i need it so for example i felt like i wanted to make a purchase on something that i think would last me throughout even med school like my ipad i thought i thought like it was an investment instead of continuously writing on paper. And because I'm a commuter, I had to carry everything with me all throughout campus. And UH is a pretty large campus. So I felt like the iPad replaced the weight in my backpack. So I decided to get that with the money that I got.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Are you basically just trying to basically help her support you and support her back?
1: Yeah, so she's the main provider in my family. So I'm just giving back what she gave me throughout my whole life.
0: And then you also said that you, you think smart about how you're going to use that money and you save it. It seems like you're not really using that money, just kind of like spending it here and there on like random things.
1: No, my friend would actually call me like super cheap. Like I wouldn't spend money on everything. I would pack my own lunch to school instead of like buying the on-campus lunch. So yeah, that's that's why I'm known for in my friend group, uh, cheap, the cheap friend. <laughs>
0: I also thought it was like really awesome that you said that you're you're thinking about purchases as investments and making that purchase for the iPad makes a lot of sense because you're actually investing in yourself and your comfort as a commuter and also saving money on buying all those papers and lugging those back and forth around campus and to and from home.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I thought super hard. Again, like you said, the free reality um, mindset, it kind of keeps you from making these big purchases. I thought about it for like a good six months or more on whether or not I should buy the iPad. I kept going back and forth about it. Then I saw Apple was having the student discount sale or whatever that they usually have a deal. And so I was like, you know what? I should buy this. And then I never looked back. So I guess it was a good purchase.
0: (laughs) Have Those first jobs benefited you with the latter jobs. I know that they have opened some opportunities, but also have they helped you in like interviews and things like that and marketing yourself as somebody who has experience?
1: In terms of the, especially the teaching job that I got, I haven't really applied the other positions that I've get, gotten because it was pretty late in my college experience, in ju- my junior year or this past year. So I didn't really get to apply in terms of other applying to jobs or anything like that. But the one that I started since my freshman year through the program of teaching, I got to apply that by when I'm writing my essays and stuff to apply for medical pre-health internships. So when I was applying to an internship. I I think going into my sophomore year, summer going into my sophomore year, I used that experience in my essays, not so much my interviews, because there was no interview for the internship, but it helped me through that as well. So that was great. And I actually got the internship. So I guess the essay worked. I mainly pulled what you said, time management, I'm able to manage my time with that. But I also pulled the leadership experience I got from being in that position. So that was like a main key point. and being able to mentor others, why mentor others is very important for me. So I included that in my essay when I was applying for the internship. So those are like the main key points that I talked about in terms of that. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is like when they're asking Just in terms of med school in general, they think when they think you have to check off that leadership box, it's not just you don't have to get leadership just from a student organization, you can get it from a real life job or from volunteering, being a leader in your volunteer group or whatnot. So that's one of the things that I felt was important that people should know about.
0: Yeah, no, that's a really great point. Actually, I'm really glad that you brought that up in terms of how you've been balancing everything. Do you have any tips for like how you've been doing that or any particular challenges that you faced?
1: The challenge was to try to finalize my schedule at the end of the day, like because these opportunities are continuously like, for example, there are certain things where I cannot change the time for like my volunteer shift. I, I know it's Tuesday 1 to 4, so I would, vol- I would block out that time where I need to go volunteering. And so... I might have started my class schedule one way, but then I kind of the next semester when I'm reapplying for or re-registering for classes, I would kind of schedule my time around that. So there's certain things, Google Calendar like saved my life on that, kind of helped me put everything together. And then clinic job, I know it's a set time. So I kind of put block those down first and then put my schedule around that. And I know what things that I want to do. So therefore that's how I would block out my times. But even though it's like all these things, it made me seem busy but I still have time outside of it because I'm kind of trying to make that time so I could be sane or keep my mental health on check, on point. Yeah. There's one thing for in terms of classes, there's, of course, there's certain classes that's only like offered once a week with one professor. So I kind of tried to, I made a four-year plan of what classes I want to take because in biology, look, my major, there's certain electives that you have a choice of choosing. And I'm pretty sure other majors have that as well. So I kind of, if this is not available this semester, I'll try to take it another semester where it's offered.
0: Is there anything else that you would like our audience to know that we didn't get the chance to talk about today?
1: So for any Cougs out there, UH students who are interested in like pre-med, pre-health, they could check out this really helped me through my pre-med experience. Alpha Epsilon Delta uh, or AED on campus is a student organization, uh, the largest nationally recognized pre-med honor society. So it's open to anyone and we offer really great resources to help anyone and honestly helped me as a first generation student. So
0: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting our listeners know about that. Thank you so much for chatting with us today, Jessica. It really helps us and having your insight in terms of being able to find mentorship and finding those different support systems and reaching out for opportunities really helps us. And this can really help our audience members as well. And we really appreciate having you on the podcast today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I hope this helps a lot of people.
0: Jessica's story is a great example of the constant hustle of a first gen She kept on the lookout for opportunities to create her own luck, which is super important for us all to do, and a great reminder for me. She's so modest in how she portrays this, but it takes a lot of hard work, and she also remembers to work smart and find things that help her in multiple ways. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again to our speaker for their time and sharing their stories, and thank you for listening in. Follow us on social media and share with us your experience or inexperience with today's topic. You can find us at howtocollegefirstgen.org or at howtocollegefirstgen for Instagram and Facebook and htcfirstgen on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts and what you'd like to hear from us in the future. If you would like to get in contact with one of our guests, be a guest or have some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening in.